Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest, Kay Putnam. She is a psychology-driven brand strategist for entrepreneurs. And through working with hundreds of clients, she has developed her signature clarity code method, which I cannot wait for you guys to hear about. As she approaches all of her clients' brands from a psychology-driven angle, particularly using brand archetypes to make sure that their design speaks to the core of who they are, which is such a unique take and something I really love is that she believes in designing on truth, not trends. We're going to dive into all of this, but first, welcome, Kay. I am so excited that you're here. Krista, thank you so much for having me. I have a strong feeling that we are going to geek out on all things branding, and I could not be more excited. Oh, we yeah, we're totally going there. Before we do that, though, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So how did you get started in your business, and what has your journey looked like leading you up to where you are now? Like many of our listeners, it has been kind of a long and interesting journey. Uh, so I... Started in, well, actually, let me back way up. First of all, I started my first business when I was 16. I was a high school senior and I started in photography. So that was like my first foray into entrepreneurship and business and really started to lead me down the path of how interesting brands and marketing are. I took a little bit of a break, went to more of a traditional role in a traditional agency and then a digital marketing agency after that. And then when my son was born about six years ago, I knew that I needed to get back on to doing my own thing, especially because I was married to a man who had a job that moved us around the country in the world every two years. So I knew I wanted to do something location independent. And from all of those previous experiences in other businesses, both you know traditional, my own and other people's, I started to realize that there was something underneath the surface that was actually influencing the success or not of these different businesses. It just, it wasn't just the marketing messages that they're putting out. It wasn't just like the promotions or the advertising. There was something like core to who they are and were that was influencing their success. And I realized through this process that it was their brand and I'm a huge nerd and have dove straight into psychology and decision-making and how all that is brought to life in design and messaging through the brand. So I hope that wasn't too long-winded or meandering, but that has been my journey so far. Oh my goodness. So what like, what did it look like when you discovered that, that there was more to a brand than just something that looked pretty? Did you, did you kind of have knowledge from your agency work to be able to start implementing that right away? Or did it take some, like, was there a process you went through, I guess, to start putting that in place and seeing results for people? It was an interesting thing because I think that I knew it conceptually or I like I I knew it I knew the information but when I actually set out to build my like my personal brand as an online entrepreneur 
I was doing it really badly, to be honest. Like I was super awkward online for the first year or two years of business. And while I knew that I needed to like connect on an emotional level with my ideal clients, I needed to be authentic, which is what the advice everybody was giving. I didn't actually know how to do that for myself. I was running into like psychological and mindset blocks that I couldn't get through on my own until this one day I had this magical epiphany moment. I was traveling through the interwebs through this like rabbit hole of internet links. And I came on this, came to this website. It looks like it was built on like GeoCities or AngelFire. It's like <laughs> OG in web design world. And it just listed the 12 archetypes. So it just had these descriptions of these 12 different like patterns or categories that show up over and over again. And immediately the light bulb went on. I was like, Oh, like I had been trying to model all of these other successful entrepreneurs and I immediately could see him like, oh, that one's the royal archetype. That's why she talks about her New York City, like jet set life. And this one over here, he's the entertainer. That's why he's so gosh darn funny. And then this one over here is the hero, uh, which is why he's like motivating and has like this tough love. And I was trying to be all of those things all at once. And, you know, surprise, surprise, that wasn't working. So right. it was like this, this discovery that led me back to myself, essentially, like who I am at my best. Um, and that's what the archetypes gave to me. Yeah, I can't, I cannot wait to dive into those archetypes more. Before we do, I want to bring up something that we mentioned in your intro, and that was that you believe in designing on truth and not trends. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means to you to design on, to design on trends? Let's talk about that side first and what the downsides of doing that are. Yes. So I always tell my clients we want to build their brand on truth and not trends. What I mean by that is that when people set out looking for inspiration, especially in the terms of design, like in the realm of design, they start to see what other people are doing, what the biggest players in the market are doing. And if you're not careful, you can end up taking inspiration from somebody who has a completely different message and identity than what you have. And you may like it, like personally, you might say, oh, that's, you know, that's an incredible design. I really like how that makes me feel. I enjoy this brand. But it could be completely wrong and misguided for your own story, for your own brand. So I always advise people to be very careful of where they're taking inspiration from. And then also to lean on the side of being timeless because your brand isn't something that you want to change every six months. And you also don't want to choose a brand that looks outdated in six months or a year. So I want people to really dive into like who they are at their essence, at their core, before they're making the decision of how to express that in the world. I feel like that's such an easy trap to fall into. And I had never thought of it that way. Like that's a total light bulb moment for me. And I'm sure a lot of people listening are thinking the same thing. And it applies to your brand. It just uh, applies to your clients' websites. Like it applies to so many different things. Um, and that already is such a huge takeaway. Let's talk about the other side of it now. So talk us through what it means to design based on truth and how it kind of ties into the psychology-driven angle that you take. Yep. So instead of just diving straight into design, I always start with my clients by figuring out what they stand for first. And for most people, this can feel like trying to read like the label of the bottle from the inside, which is why it helps to have somebody who 
you're working with that's reflecting back to some of the key messages that you're saying. So we always start with like a client interview. And then I love, love, love the tool that we've already started to talk about, uh, which are archetypes, because it's just, it's a little bit of objectivity when you're trying to figure out what your strengths are or who you are at your best, because we're just terrible at seeing that about ourselves. It's like stepping into one of those circus funhouse mirrors. Like we just have zero (laughs) sense of who we are. (laughs) on an objective level so we always start there so like okay what's what are we trying to change about the world where you know what's our mission what do we want to see happen like who are we when we're being our best so the inside out mentality right so that's the inside of us and then now that we have that anchor how do we express that specific story through the word choices, through the design choices, through our strategy choices, instead of trying to just assign like the coolest new font that we found to the next client that we get, right? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. Seriously, so much good stuff. I want to dive into the brand archetype thing more because we've been like hinting at it here and there. Can you like start by telling us what what that even is for anyone who has no clue whatsoever, including myself? (laughs) So archetypes are these categories or patterns that show up throughout human history. So the cool thing is, as much as like technology has been changing and business has been changing, like in the way that we express ourselves, human psychology hasn't actually changed that much. Like we all have very universal human values and each of the 12 archetypes connects to one of those universal human values. So there's 12 of them. I won't go into each of them because it takes a really long time to get through all of them. I can give a few examples to help solidify this. Um, But for example, like the explorer archetype, which Jeep is, they stand for freedom. The sage archetype, which is actually my primary archetype, is like the the wisdom seeker, the teacher. Uh, You can think of like a newspaper brand in this this archetype. Um, There's also like the innocent, which could be like whole foods, which is about uncomplicating life and getting back to the natural state of things. So these don't just apply to brands. You'll see them in like your favorite TV shows. You'll see them in books that you're reading. You'll forever be cursed when you're walking through the grocery store or through the mall because you'll be seeing these patterns showing up again and again. And the reason why they're so timeless is because they're connected to those, those deep values that we all hold. Oh my goodness. Okay. So what does it look like uh, to work with a client and design a brand based on their archetype. Can you kind of walk us through what your process looks like? Mm -hmm. So like I said, it starts with this interview of the client and I'm listening for clues in their language that tell me what the archetype is. And then I always have clients just take the quiz so that they can figure out. And the quiz asks them questions like, what is the change that you want to see in the world? Or like, what, what quote rings most true to you or what place feels most like your brand I'm trying to get down into like the subconscious level of who somebody is not just who they think that they should be so we start there and granted this does sound pretty um like meta right like we're just talking about people connecting their brand to love or wisdom or motivation so how do we actually express that so to do that we're looking for associations that have been cemented in our minds through other brands, through just patterns that we're seeing in our, in our daily lives. So a lot of designers are familiar with color psychology. So if we're looking at a brand that signifies like truth and virtue and naturalness, I mean, you're probably gonna be looking at like some whites or like some 
like bright, like lots of white space. You start to make those associations as a designer because you know the language of design that's going to communicate those things that each of the archetypes stands for. So, okay. Well, the, one of the things you mentioned was um, like an interview. Do you think getting on a actual call with clients is an important part of the process rather than sending them a, a mile long questionnaire to try to get this feeling from them? I actually do both. Cause I think it, it like um, it reaches different parts of our brain. Like the form is what pe- gives people that chance to like sit with their answers and like think about things, maybe do some research. Whenever I'm asking clients for an example of something that they like, I make sure that I always do that on a form. So like if I'm asking them for say like complimentary uh, brands that they're inspired by, I'll do that on a form because it gives them a chance to like think about it and to just ruminate on it. But I think that the face-to-face interview is so incredibly important, both in the stage where you're figuring out which clients you want to work with, like in the research stage, and then once you're actually working with real clients, because you can ask the same exact question that you did on the form, and a different answer is going to come out in person. And I think the more authentic one, the one that's more true to who we actually are, comes out when we're having a conversation with somebody. Yeah. Do you have like any like top question or two that you ask them that helps get the idea of their archetype the best, like across the best to you? I always ask clients to riff, like to do like a a series of answers to the prompt, I believe, dot, dot, dot. So I love to just dive into their particular worldview and their like framework of the world, because we all have things that we believe to be true about success, about our industry, about what virtues are most uh, like admirable in people or businesses or clients or whoever. Um, And the key is that we're looking for things that are unique to them. So as nice as it is to say, like, I believe all children should have a meal that they can eat. You know, no child should be hungry that's great. But like, let's push it even further. Like, let's, let's talk about what you believe somebody should do or like what they believe success to be like, okay, we should all be successful, but what does that mean to you? Or like, we should all give back. What does that mean to you? So that we can dive into like their, the differences that make them unique. Yeah. And I love that, you know, if you were asking that kind of thing on a call, when they give you that more, you know, a higher level answer, you can be there to prompt them where you wouldn't be able to in a questionnaire. Exactly. So I can definitely see how all that comes together. One thing that this made me think of is it sounds like we're getting, we're basing a brand more on um, like the owner of the business rather than their target audience. So how do you, I I feel like there are so many people out there that say branding doesn't, you don't matter in your brand. It's all about your target audience. So what are your thoughts on that? Thank you for asking. This is a major point of contention for me. (laughs) So I believe the exact opposite of what most people think. So I tend to minimize the focus that we're putting on the outside as much as humanly possible, especially in the beginning when you're in the formation stages of creating a brand. Because the more that you try to be who you think you should be, the more you're diluting your natural strengths. So the more that we're trying to like fit ourselves into being what we think that this ideal client wants, I mean, it's almost like creating a friendship where that person is like trying to be like, oh, who do you want me to be? (laughs) 
like it just doesn't yeah. work that well. People are attracted like a magnet to certainty. So the more that you can cultivate your own certainty and what you stand for, the experience that you provide, the more people are going to be attracted to you, whether or not. So one of the, this is related, but like one of the major questions I get about archetypes is like, oh, should we try to guess like what our ideal client's archetype is? And I would say, no, that's not important. What's important is that you are certain in who you are, because no matter what archetype your client happens to be, they're going to be attracted to that certainty. Do you find that your clients tend to attract more um, audience members of their same archetype? It's really across the board. And again, it goes back to the um, the fact that these are universal human values. So like we all want love. We all want to be knowledgeable. We all want freedom to some extent in our life. So we like embody each of the archetypes to some degree. It's just a tool to use to like really filter and focus down your brand so that your ideal clients have a handle to grab onto, like a handle of understanding. So they know what to associate your brand with. Okay, uh, for real, this is this is so good, and I really, really like this take um, where the brand where you do matter in your brand. I feel like it's like a, for me, it's a fresh perspective and re, a refreshing perspective to be like, oh, what I like and what I believe can matter, which is I just feel like so opposite from what everyone else does, but it makes so much sense because if you fake your brand, then you have to like fake everything about yourself and all of your marketing. And I like nothing about that feels good when you are not acting in alignment with yourself, everything becomes harder. Like your marketing, everything is just miserable. And when you're aligned from the beginning with your brand, holy cow. So thank you for that. Yes, absolutely. And to build on that, like walking around in somebody else's soul or brand feels like wearing somebody else's shoes like even if they're the same size like it they're just gonna rub you the wrong way and all of this is built on the assumption that because the internet is infinite and because there's so many people who have so many different problems to be solved and so many different preferences like there's enough people out there for all of us especially for designers because we only have so many hours in the day to actually design so have confidence in the fact there are plenty of ideal clients for you out there to serve. You don't have to bend over backwards to be something that you're not to get the right clients. Preach. Yes. (laughs) You don't have to bend over backwards, charge $5 for a website, like for real. Um, Okay. So we got, we we're focusing on these brand archetypes. You have the questionnaire and the call to figure out, figure that out about them. Can you kind of walk through how you then apply that throughout your branding process. Yep. So I still ask my clients to do like a Pinterest mood board. I think that there is value in just learning a client's personal preferences, but I do not do it until we've had the conversation about archetypes and what the big idea of their brand is. So we do that in that first that first conversation, that first interview, where we kind of come to a conclusion like, okay, this is what we stand for. Like now go to Pinterest and start to pin things that feel that way to you. Start to think, pin things that feel royal or luxurious or high-end if that's your archetype. Start to pin things that feel motivating because each client is also going to have a different set of associations to those main ideas that we can bring through to help personalize their brand even more, which is exciting. So I think that's a crucial part of the design process, at least for me, because at the end of the day, it's still really personal. Like even if we're have decided on a, on a direction, there's still an infinite 
amount of ways that we could communicate that direction. So I, I get the client to help me with that process. From there, we go into designing an actual concept for them. So all the way through to like the logos, the alternate logos, the colors, and then we make revisions from there. I really, really like that you guys, you focus on the archetype and give them direction before setting them free on the Pinterest board because you're giving, you're just giving them, you're setting them up to do that the right way rather than just setting them free with no direction and them having no idea what they're doing. And I can see how that can carry through to a much smoother branding process because they were educated when they were making this Pinterest board. So they're not pinning things that then they see a, let's say a logo concept you designed based on that. And they're like, oh no, that's way Mm -hmm. off because they didn't know what they were doing in the Pinterest board. Yeah. And it's turning on that like particular activating system in our brain. The one that like when you're shopping for a car, you start to see it everywhere on the road, like that same car or like a breed of dog or something. So like once you like put that kernel of truth, you like embed that idea into their brain and then they go to Pinterest, then they, they're like a honing beacon to like the things that communicate that. And I've found, I mean, none of my clients are professional designers and none of them have failed in this process of creating something really cool and unique and meaningful and representative of their truth in this curation process. So it's really helpful for me to have my clients do that. For real, I want to go do it for myself. Like it just is such a cool activity to do, even outside of doing it for a branding process. Um, okay, so let's assume that people listening want to start doing this kind of thing. Are there any like pitfalls or mistakes either you yourself made when you were starting, or that you see other designers making when they're trying to do something similar? That's such a great question. I think that uh, I mean we all we all know that we're special, right? (laughs) Like we all know that we're unique human beings. I think that whenever we try to be all of the things. So I think the clients that, that I've had the most trouble with are the ones where we don't create that focus in the beginning. So they're like, you know, okay, like I, I want to create a brand for all of the archetypes. Like I want to, I want this to appeal to everybody. And of course, as a designer, like red flags are going off, right? Like, <laughs> this, this isn't possible. But even me, I've fallen into this trap before. I was working with a, uh, with an entrepreneur who's like way, way more experienced than I am. Like he knew all about archetypes. He was very like well-versed in them. And he hired me to do some design work. And he was telling me, he's like, you know, this is, this is my project that I'm going to leave as my legacy. Like I, it needs to, it needs to be representative of a really like mass audience. I'm like, okay, okay, we'll do that. And maybe not a surprise, but like that project fell apart because it didn't have that focus in the beginning. So whenever a client is giving you pushback where they don't want to focus, like they don't want to, like if you're using archetypes as a tool, I always limit my clients to two archetypes. And anytime they try to like push beyond those realms, they're like, nope no we have to focus we have to focus our energy in a specific direction or we're not going to get anywhere so I think that's probably the biggest mistake or like pushback that you you'll get if you're implementing a process like this you really have to stick to your guns and make sure that that your clients are following your process that you know is successful how do you help them understand the importance of that? Like, I'm, I'm guessing you get a lot of clients that come to you who have never heard of the idea of archetypes before. Do you have like 
like an onboarding packet or something that you're teaching them, you're like helping them understand this or how do you help them get the big picture idea behind this? I think about my marketing, like for my brand as my indoctrination process. So I'm teaching and sharing as much as I can about archetypes and about positioning your brand and about brand personality as I can like on YouTube. And um, I'm, I'm a terrible Instagrammer, (laughs) but I try to do a little bit on there. And then uh, like my Pinterest boards are a work of art. Like they, I've curated boards for each of the archetypes and like clients and other designers, tons of people use those as reference points. And then the quiz itself, my lead generation tool is a quiz that helps people figure out their archetypes. So before they ever contact me to work with me uh they've been through a lot of this education and indoctrination process ironically some of my worst clients have come from referrals because they haven't gone through that process of being into contact with all my marketing materials where they're getting up to speed in the particular way that I build brands so yeah I almost insist on the fact that people like stay in my orbit for a while before we actually work together on a one-on-one basis Wow, that that like seriously is just a the perfect illustration of the power of marketing and your own messaging that they people can come in understanding that fully because of what you've been putting out into the world. I think that's absolutely incredible. Um, I was my next question was going to be where can people go to learn more about like archetypes and uh, stuff like that. It sounds like maybe your Pinterest boards would be a great place to start to like just be able to get a visual of each one. Yes, especially for designers. For for anybody that's a visual thinker, definitely start with Pinterest because uh, you just get a sense, like you, it just like seeps into your soul, <laughs> like what mm-hmm. each of these archetypes stand for and some of the different ways that they can be represented. Because um, for each of them, there's kind of like this, I don't want to say generic, but like there's a, there's like, the expected way that it could be represented. But then there's like all these different nuances or like different ideas that you can lean into that get really exciting and really interesting. Um, And then once you kind of get a sense for all of them, which I think is really important as a designer when you're working with clients, because they're going to fall into all of these different types. um, Definitely use my quiz as a, as a tool. It has tons of resources after there's like a whole info page on each of the archetypes after you take the quiz. Love that. Okay, we're going to link to your quiz and to your Pinterest account in the show notes, because I feel like those are just great resources for people to start with. Um, So, okay, after everything we've went over, assuming that people listening are kind of newer to the idea of using brand archetypes and psychology in their client work, I guess, specifically branding projects, what is the biggest action you would like to see someone take after listening to what we've said today? Whether or not you decide that archetypes specifically are the tool that you want to use, I think the best thing that you can do for your clients is to spend some time on the front end of a project to figure out who they are. Because once you start to hear like their story and their beliefs and how they look at the world and how they want to change the world, there there becomes like all these lateral ideas that you can pull from. Like if somebody's talking about freedom, like you can imagine like sitting on a beach. Again, might be a little cliche, but like figure out like some of those visual representations that signify that truth that your client stands for so that you can build something that is going to stand the test of time, that's going to be relevant to them, no matter if they shift their ideal clients a little bit here or there, or their product mix here or there, like make it so true to them that it it's something that they're proud to stick with for a long time. I love that. And I feel like there, there are, there's so many designers out there right now who want to get by in their 
branding projects with as little client contact and communication as possible. And I get it. Trust me, if I can sit in my office all day and not talk to anyone, I'm cool with that. But like what you've just brought up, it's so important to be able to get an understanding of the actual people you are working with. Um, so you can really do their branding projects projects justice. If you're just sitting behind a computer screen, you uh, onboard with them quickly, maybe, maybe exchange one email and get to work. It's, it's going to be very hard to do that. Yeah. And just know like the more time that you spend with somebody in the beginning of the project, I think the less time you have to spend on the phone with them, like going back and forth for revisions or like completely rethinking the direction that you chose. I think that all of that prep work leads to a smoother project later, which is, I think what all designers want. Yeah, I would much rather put in a little extra work up front when I'm still excited about the project when at the end than at the end when I just want exactly. to exactly. <laughs> so yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing all of this information so open and freely. It like I can just see this transforming the way people listening approach their projects. So I would love for you to tell us where can everyone go to learn more about you and your approach and keep up with you online as well as find that awesome quiz we were talking about. Absolutely. So I'm a good entrepreneur, so I'm relatively easy to find online. I, I'm at kputnam.com. You'll find the quiz like right at the top of my page. And then definitely check out Pinterest. I think it's just, it's pinterest.com slash kputnam. And you can see not only the boards for each of the, uh, the archetypes that we've talked about, but you, most of my client boards are public as well. So you could even start to test yourself and see if you can spot the archetypes and some of the different client projects I've been curating inspiration boards for. Awesome. I love the sound of that. Thank you so much for being on today, Kay. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. This was a blast. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.